Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. I've been doing this series um, called King of Hearts and I, I, I'm kind of closing it up this, this week and I thought to close this series up, it would be good to kind of talk about the gospel. I think whether you've been a believer for a long, 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 long time, like, you know, or if you've been a believer for a little while, or if you're still sort of wondering about it all, we all need to be reminded of the gospel constantly. In fact, there, there was a, one of the theologians of history tells, tells us, he says, you know, you need to beat it over your congregation's head every week because they forget. Because I forget the gospel. I forget this fact that it's not about my works that save me. It's not about all the things I need to do in order to get God to like me or to favor me. Or to, for, it's not all about the things I need to do in order for God to, to, to kind of look at me and do my will. It's not about that. It's about Him paying the sacrifice for us so that we could have the favor of God that we've always desired. And that we have an inheritance in Him, that it's not earned. So I want to talk about that this morning. I think it's in, in, important to talk about it. And I'm going to be preaching out of the book of Galatians. Galatians, okay, um, chapter 4. Uh, and I have to give you a bit of a backstory on what was happening in, in Galatia and the, and the believers there, the people who had taken up the, their faith in Christ. They had come in from a different background. They were not in any way cultural kind of Christians, if I can say that word. Uh, they weren't in any way that. They, they, were, they were born into a different kind of religion, which was pagan in its roots. Uh, and it, they had come into the belief that Jesus was actually God and that he was the one that they should follow. Okay? So they came into this progression. And then what happened is uh, some people came through who were from a Jewish background, as in the Jewish religion. And uh, who knows that in uh, Judaism, they believe that in order to be within the covenant agreement or the, uh, to be within the agreement that God had set for His people to follow Him, that you need to be <whistles> circumcised. Okay? So, so these people were coming through and saying, you need to be circumcised in order to be a true believer. And uh, these people were really, really... Um, uh, you know, they probably were older men who were scholarly, who were kind of like the kind of people that you kind of go, they know more than me probably, so I could probably, I should probably listen to them. Uh, but yet they were preaching the wrong gospel. And, and they were at risk at, of, of actually going outside of the gospel and going into a belief system that is no longer relevant for us as believers. Okay? And it was dangerous because actually what was going to happen if they began to take that progression. It's not that it was sort of wrong that they go and get circumcised. If they want to go and do that, fine. But there's nothing in, in that anymore. There's no, there's no favor from God. There's no extra kind of credits that you get from heaven because you've gone an extra mile with your religious activity. And, and that's what was being preached. And we kind of do this with God a little bit, where we want to, we want to go, well, I know God, I've given you a little bit extra, you know. And uh, so therefore, shouldn't you, you know, kind of 
see me more? He's like, no, you've, you, you're, you, you've gone off course when you do that. Um, when you begin to count all of your things before God that you've done, and you might even go as far as circumcision doesn't do anything anymore because the gospel's not about that. Anyway, I don't know if I'm losing you yet. I'm going to catch you up. If you have been lost, it's all good. All right? Turn to your neighbor and say, it's all good. It's all good. I want to ask you a question. Are you a child of God or are you a slave of the law? Are you a child of God or are you a slave of the Lord? Now what this has to do with this overall series of being the the king of hearts is that we have to make a choice as to who is our king. Let me tell you something. The law... Now when I'm not... When I'm talking about the law, I'm not talking about like, you know, the Constitution of India, okay? I'm not talking about that, because we all know that's pretty bendable and flexible, <laughs> according to who's using it. Just kidding around, I'm just being joked. I'm sorry, <laughs> forgive me for saying that. I'm not talking about that law, I'm talking about the law that was given to Moses, the Mosaic law, which was, which was the law that God said, you follow this law in order... To, to, to follow me and where you mess up once a year you have to do a big sacrifice where the sins of the nation will be put on a perfect lamb and that perfect lamb will be sacrificed and that blood offering will be an, an acceptable sacrifice and they had to do it repeatedly every year. Could someone, may, maybe Kunal, go and tell whoever is banging out there to stop because I just don't like it. It's okay, we're allowed to because we pay money for this, as you probably know. So, uh, um, so the, where was I? Hmm. All I heard was, Yeah. I was explaining the law, right? This child or slave, let me just come back to here, it'll come back to me. I'm sorry, I've lost my train of thought there, but it's all right. We, uh, we either follow this, this course of where we become a slave to the law or we become a child of God. As I said, this circumcision was under the law. And then these people came and they started to say, no, you need to be circumcised in order to to follow Jesus. But when we're a child of God, when we begin to realize that we're a child of God, we begin to realize that we actually are free. Now, what I'm about to say is going to sound a little bit, almost like sort of heretical. But it's not when when you come into Scripture. Because here's the thing. I have children. I don't know if you've noticed. I have a little girl. Her name is Willow. Hands up, you've seen her in a service, just running around. You know, people, people, uh, people say, hey, where's your son? I haven't met your son. I've heard you've, heard you've got a son. You can't see Elijah because he's a different-natured kid, right? He's, a, he's, a, he's just got a different nature. He wants to be off with a soccer ball playing soccer out in the children's church, kicking a soccer ball against the wall. Um, that's what they like to do. But Willow, well, she wants to be around, okay? 
Now, uh, here's the thing with Willow and with any child that is in this place. They're free. Uh, you know why they're free? Because they're our children, right? Now, now we, we, with our children, yes, there is a law. Like, uh, obviously, Willow, um, she, she needs to stay within here. She needs to stay within sight. We need to be able to see her. We don't want her running off and going outside and getting run over by a car. That's, that's, that's a law. It's for her sake. But really, she's free. She's free. And you know, with God, we're free. Here's the problem. We try to make following God about the law and we lose our freedom. So, so here, our motivation to, to follow God comes, you know, like I need to fulfill all of the things He requires so that I can be His child. But the moment we get into that mind of thought, that, that thought, we, we actually lose our stance with Him because it's more about us actually trying to follow Him rather than just being free. It's not like Willow would come to me and say, Dad, you know, I, I've, been, I've, been, uh, I, I've been a good girl. I put my shoes on like you told me this morning. You know, I've changed my dress. I wanted to wear another dress. It was frilly and it had bonbons on it and it didn't match and all of that sort of stuff. I've gone and gotten changed and, and Daddy, I cleaned my teeth this morning and, uh, and I did everything right for you, Dad, so you love me more, right? I'd be like, what? No. No. I, I mean, even if you've been a little brat, I still love you. I still love you. You're still my little girl. I still will give you everything that you, that you desire because you're mine right? And this is the thing we do with God. And we totally miss it. We start to go, oh God, I've done this, I've done that, I'm this person for you, I've done that person for you. Why are things going bad for me? Why are things not working out? Why am I not? And it's like, God's like, it's not, it's not, it's not about the law. It's not about the law. You're missing it if you've made it about the law. You're totally missing the gospel. You're actually missing Christ if you've made your life about being a good person because the Bible says so. You know that? Now, I'm not saying that the law is, um, is irrelevant. I'm not saying that the law is not something that we need to pay heed to. What the law does is it tells us where the boundaries are. That's what it's for. But the problem is, is you can either be a child of God and hear this, you can be good because you're a child of God. Because you have an inheritance that is yours. You have a calling that He has called you to. He has a desire for His children to be walking in His favor. That's yours. It's yours for the taking. That's why we're good. Because if we're not good, it takes us out of those purposes. We're not good because we need to fulfill the law. We're not good because we need to do the right thing in order for God to look at us with favor. We're not good because of that. The moment we get into that mindset, we become a slave to the law. A slave. And it is a miserable existence to be a slave to something that you can never, ever live up to. And that is not what God actually desires or purposes for any person. That's why Jesus came. You want to ask why Jesus came? That's why He came. 
to fulfill the law. So a child is an heir of a promise. He is free. A slave is bound never to move beyond rules and they are owned. They're never able to buy themselves out. That's a slave. You can never fulfill the law. You can never buy yourself out of your, 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 your bondage to the law. This is not possible. You'll be on that. You'll be like a mouse in one of those wheels that goes round and round and round. You'll, just be, you'll never be off that wheel. And that's what religion does. It wants to put you on that wheel where you're just constantly running and you go and see this guy and that person and this thing and they say, do this and do that and do that and do this and then you'll be right and then favor will come and then you'll get good luck or good luck. You know, you'll get good luck and all of these sorts of things and you know, your vast will be right and that'll be right and this will be right because you've done this and you've done that and there'll be lists and lists and lists and lists and lists and you I don't know, and then something starts going wrong. You'll be like, I don't know, should I still keep running? And someone else, oh, here's a new thing. You've got, to, you've got to say positive things. You just don't say anything bad. Even if something bad is happening, just say positive things. Everything's really good, I think. Just don't speak, don't speak those negative. Don't let them come out. There's power in your words. Like, listen, love, listen. Once you get on that thing, you're never off it. You are a slave. And that is not what God ever desired for any person. And we need to watch. We need to be in the Bible. We need to make sure that we never get on that thing. Because I'm telling you, even, even when we listen to preaching, even my preaching, you need to be careful. That sometimes, maybe I may, I'll make the mistake of saying something that may not be... Like, it, I may not have thought out the implications of what I'm saying, where you'll be like, oh, that's the next thing I need to do in order to get God's favor. So therefore, I'll do that, and then everything will be okay. If I ever make that mistake, please forgive me. If you ever hear a preacher making that mistake, you need to watch your soul. If you ever find yourself come, coming to a place where you, are, where you are questioning, and you'll know it when things are going wrong, when things aren't working out, where you're like, what did I do wrong? To deserve this. Is God angry with me? When you begin to question like that, you have gotten on that works-based legalism, that mentality that everything is, is uh, that the favor of God is dependent on your ability to fulfill His laws. It's simply not the way the gospel is. You are free. You are free. You will suffer the consequences of sin. So, don't sin. <laughs> but you're free. You're free. You know, we're called as children, but we can live as slaves. When we approach God through the law, we're always at, I've done something wrong. Or we'll be looking, searching for that magic formula. That magic formula for getting God's blessing. And you've got to watch this. I like God TV. I like that channel. It's not bad. Okay? It's good. But you've got to watch out for preachers who are giving you magic formulas for God's blessing. Because that is a veiled form of legalism. That says, if you do this, then you are going to get God's blessing. Child, you are already blessed. Come on, you can give God a clap. 
just send me your money now and you'll be it's like there's a lot of good preachers on there. I'm not, I'm not by any means down, you know, I don't want to seem like some self-righteous twit, you know, talking about how much better. I, it's not, that's not what I'm, but I, I'm, I'm just warning you. There is no magic formula to following Jesus. There's not. It's the, it, it was one in a court of law. You know, the heaven is a court of law. We were sinners, we were done for. It was over. We couldn't fulfill the law. And God said, who shall I send to be the sacrifice, to be that perfect lamb, to be that perfect one that will stand in place of these people so that I can rescue them and save them? And Jesus said, I will go. And he came. In the form of a man, allowed himself to go to the cross so that the sin of the world could be put upon him. That was the formula. That's it. You walk in God's favor right now because of that. And don't believe anything else. I don't care what curses people have put on you. I don't care about the generation. I'd like just, you are blessed. You are blessed. You have His favor. You just got to believe it. It's as simple as that. You've just got to believe it. So, uh, shall I preach from the Bible? I'll, I'll, now I'm going to prove what I'm talking about. Okay, you ready? Yeah. All right, you with me? Yeah. I'm excited to be preaching today. I haven't been preaching for a while. It's just like I want to preach. Okay, Galatians chapter 3, verse 23, verse 4 to 7. I'm just going to kind of teach straight out of the Bible. I'm going to stop and start here and there and say a few things. But, but as I was saying, you remember, I think this is what I forgot I was talking about. Maybe, no, it wasn't, but where Paul, these people had come in and they were beginning to say to these, to, to these believers, no, you need to do something more in order to be blessed, right? You're like, oh, we were doing well and then, oh, I need to be doing something more? Oh, gosh, I didn't realize I need to be doing something more. Ever had that feeling? Like, oh, maybe I've missed out. Oh, maybe that's why this is happening. Maybe that's why I haven't. No, 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 you're blessed. You're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed. Let's read it. Okay, Galatians chapter 3, verse 23. Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come, am I on the right? Yes, I am, would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. Now, this, now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. Okay, let me just unpack that for you. Did you understand what he just said? Okay, let's go back, let's go back, let's go back to the, to, to the original covenant, the original agreement, the Mosaic law. What he's saying is, that law was a guardian. It was a caretaker. It was a boundary. It was something that was there just to keep you intact, to keep you safe. Who, who knows, you know, uh, one, of the, one, of the, um, one of the interesting cultural differences between myself, where I'm from in Australia and India, is the idea of a nanny when you have children. And I think it's great. I think it's a great idea. I think it's, it's nice. But who knows that although 
you trust that nanny, you don't completely trust that nanny. Why? Because they're, well, they're not you, and that child is not theirs. So they're good caretakers, but they're not the parents. So obviously, their level of responsibility may not be as much as yours. They may not take it as seriously to be the parent of that child as maybe you do. That's the thing. So we watch them, right? We take care of We make sure. We, we put cameras in our house. We do all sorts of things to keep them in check, right? Because why? Well, they're caretakers. They don't go all the way. They're not the parents. That's what Paul is saying about the law. The law is a caretaker. Yes, it's there. It tells you where the boundaries are. It tells you what's wrong, what's right, and how. But it, by no means is it your parent. By no means is it the thing that will keep you safe. Understand this. By no means will it, is it the thing that will keep you safe. The law won't save you. That's what he's saying. So, let's keep going. So, in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through what? Can anybody hear? You are children through? Faith. faith. I'm just, you know, I need you to I get insecure if you don't talk back to me. You are all children of God through? For all of you who were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves in Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free. Uh, my little microphone's messing up. Just, uh, Siraj, buddy, come here, mate. Just click that thing back on. It's like, just got to be... I think I've done it. Oh, I think I've done it. I got it. Oh, no, it's come off. Yeah, just click it on. Sorry, guys. Got it? So, where was I? There's no 26, was it? Okay. So, in Christ, I feel like I've read that. 28. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor fee, flee, free. <laughs> Nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What does that mean? Who knows what that means? Now, whenever you see Abraham talked about, just remember this. Abraham was given a promise before the law was given. Okay? I don't know if you understand. So Abraham was before Moses. And when God met with Abraham, he just straight out gave him a promise. And that promise was basically that he was an heir to something, an heir to, to what God had called him to. That was the promise. And it was given before any law. It was given before following anything or doing anything right. You know, the thing about... Abraham, here's the thing about Abraham, is he wasn't a Jew. He was not culturally like a part of the, what we would think of as the one that God would work through. He wasn't even a Jew, he was just a guy 
He was just a dude. God showed up and just blessed him and made a promise to him. So it's the same with us. You might be just a person. You may not, you may not have been born into the best family. You may have been, I don't know, but you may, you may have some issues. You may have some stuff going on in your world. You may have some, some, some sin that you're working through. You may, have some, you, may, you, may, you may have some trouble that you wish you could overcome. Let me tell you something. There is a promise for you. Just like there was a promise for Abraham. That's why Paul is naming Abraham and is not saying Moses. He's saying, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So go and look up the promise to Abraham. It's an amazing promise. And he says then in verse uh, 1 of chapter 4, what I'm saying is that as long as an heir is underage, he is no different from a slave. Although he owns the whole estate, the heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were underage, we were in slavery under, every, under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts the spirit who calls out abba father so you are no longer a slave but child but god's child and since you are his child god made you also an heir In verse 8 to 10, he goes on. He says this. He says, Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. Remember, he was talking to people that weren't Jews, but they believed in something else before. And he goes on, he says, But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces everybody say weak and miserable why does paul use those words paul uses those words weak and miserable and he says do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again they're weak the laws the things that we try to live by in order to please God because, because they, they have no ability to justify us. Listen to me. The law will never justify you before God. In other words, you will always be a sinner in front of God if you are trying to follow Him by the law, by doing the right thing, by being a good person, by being morally superior by trying to look at a person who may be ahead of you and say, I want to be like that person because they are good. Even Jesus, let me tell you something. If you read the Gospels, if you read about Jesus and say, oh, he was such a good person, you know, he had all of it together. He did so many good things. I mean, look at the Sermon on the Mount. He would heal people. And, and, and you wear the, uh, you know, I'm not saying it's wrong to wear this. I'm not making fun of him. But, you know, you remember the old wristband that says WWJD? Who wore one of those? <laughs> what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? And you'd be like, I'm about to rob a bank. What would Jesus do? 
I'm not going to rob the bank. <laughs> You've got to be careful with that because you can actually begin to make Jesus out to be the law keeper or the lawmaker that we follow. And we, we look at him and we go, I've got to be like that. That's not how it works. You will be enslaved by that. You're free. You're free. You don't, you don't become a, a believer in Christ so that you can follow a new set of laws. and Stay with the laws you've got. Because they're all the same anyway. You, know, you hear, you hear religion, people say religion's all the same. Oh yeah, yeah, it is. That's why I believe in Jesus, because he's not about religion. He was completely different. Because he said, no, life comes from me, not from a set of rules that you follow, not a set of moral you know, rules that you follow that will bring a blessing on you. He doesn't want to put us on that slavery. He doesn't want to put us there. And Paul says those, those things are weak. Why are they weak? They're not able to justify. And also, I'll say this. Who's tried to follow the law and found themselves in a place where they don't want to follow the law anymore? Okay, it's got one hand going up. One honest person in the room. Listen, I'll ask it another way. Is anybody energized by being... A good person. <laughs> Listen, when I when I when I'm like <laughs> when I'm like uh, annoyed at someone, I feel way more energized <laughs> by acting out my annoyance on that person. Yeah, yes, we're talking about energizing. That's great, right? The law will sap you of your strength. The law will take away your desire eventually where you'll come to a place where you'll be going, I've been doing this, I've been doing that, I've got this, and still, still nothing's going right. Or still I've got these issues. And you'll be like, you know what? It. I'm done. I'm done. I'm just going to let loose for a little while. I'm just going to let it loose. Whatever. I'm going to go and I've been holding myself back from that relationship. I've been holding myself back from that bottle. I've been holding myself back from, 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 from I've been refraining from, you know, having a big old yell session with my wife. I'm, I've, I've been refraining from doing this. I'm just going to let loose. I've had enough. Because the law is no, you're not going to find any strength to be a good person by looking at the law. You can go and look at, when you're upset, when you're in that place where you just want to let loose, you can look at the Ten Commandments, they will do nothing, they will do nothing for you. You'll be like, hmm, okay, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, yeah, that's good, God, hmm, I'm going to see you later, I'm coming back tonight. Right? And, and we end up living this dualistic life because, and then we come back to the law and we go, oh, you know, I'm such a bad, oh, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, God, I'm such a bad person, oh, 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 oh woe is me, and all of that sort of stuff. And mainly because of the consequences of what we've walked it into, because of the sin that we've allowed into our lives, usually, you know, you know what I'm saying. It's like, oh, I got really, really drunk last night and I said that to that person and now I've lost my job and oh, I'm sorry, God. It's like, You just allowed your flesh to go wherever it wanted to go. It's not about the sin, it's about what you just allowed. It's not about you not keeping the law or keeping the law, it's just what you allowed, right? <laughs> the law will never energize you to follow. The law will never give you, and it's weak, it's weak. 
It will never energize you for godly living. And, it's, and, and he uses this word, miserable. Miserable. <laughs> Such good words. You sure you want to turn back to those weak and miserable forces? Why do you use that word miserable? Because you know what? The law can't give you the inheritance. Just like if you do have a caretaker, that caretaker, or if you've employed one, you will never probably, most likely, ever hand over your will documents to that person to hand on to your child. You'll make sure it's done before, right? Because why? Well, that caretaker might go and take it for themselves and, you know, your child will miss out on its inheritance, right? So, so, so it, it, you're miserable because you, you, you're working away at the law and trying to do the right thing all the time, trying to make it right and get it right in order to get God's favor on you. And you, now you're a good person. You're feeling good. I'm a good person. Now I'm a bad person. I'm feeling bad. I'm a bad person. Now I'm a good person because you're, you, there's no inheritance there. You'll be trying to constantly unlock something that you don't have the keys to. When you live by the law. And it is a weak and miserable existence. You get to the end of your life and you go, what was that all about? I didn't, I just, I never thought things would end up like this. Look at all the things I've done. And here I am. So what's the answer? Well, let's go to um, chapter 5 in the same book and go to um, verse 2. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised... Now, we are talking about that figuratively this morning, metaphorically, if you want another big... You know, more than two-syllable word. We're, we're, we're talking about this in the sense of, I'm not talking about circumcision literally. I'm talking about the moment we step into having to do those extra things to, for God in order for His favor to be in your world. Having to do those extra things in, the, in, in your life in order to make sure that, that, that He is smiling at you. Right? That's what these people were preaching. And you need to do something extra, okay? That's what I'm... So, so if you allow yourself to be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Listen to this. Again, I declare to every man that who lets himself be circumcised that he is required to obey the whole law. You've got to hear this. The moment you step into... That realm of being a good law keeper in order to get God's favor. The moment you step into that zone, it's like you have stepped into something that you can never fulfill. Because the moment you become a law keeper to get God's favor, you have to require you are required to, to actually fulfill the entire law. Not just some of it, not just the parts that you like to, that you think you can do. It's the whole thing. And uh, well, if you want to go by the Mosaic law, there are 700 plus laws that you need to maintain. And you ought to start keeping a sheep to sacrifice once a year. You need an altar, you need a priest to do it for, you can't do it yourself. We're done for. Once you start, and we think we can just 
dabble around with the law and, and in order to maybe get God's favor. Don't do that. You are believing a lie that the enemy is trying to trick you into. Once you go on that, you will never, ever, ever be able to make it. And it will produce in you depression. It will produce in you this sense of, of, of loss. It will produce in you in this sense of like you're never able to get it right before God. Ouch. Man, Paul, like you're like, he's pretty heavy. Who's like feeling heavy? But don't worry. Don't worry. There's a good answer to this. It ends well. It's like a, it's a nice Bollywood drama. It seems like... You know, but it gets better. You, are, you who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For, now listen, for through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. How do we get... God's favor. How do we get God to look at us? How do we get God, how do we begin to walk in a place where we are no longer trying to follow the law, no longer living by this thing that we're trying to do the right thing all the time? Well, we actually begin to live through the Spirit by faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is I want you to say it. The only thing that counts is what's faith? What's faith? What's faith? I've said this a thousand times. I feel like a broken record when I say faith is dependence. It's just dependence. Depending on God. That's it. Can it really be that simple, Ryan? It is that simple trust putting your hope in him alone even though you may be in the middle of a storm even though you may have lost everything just like Job lost everything he never cursed out God he held on these stories are there to remind us of what faith truly is faith is not faith until it's been tested, let me tell you. And who, who knows what it is to be tested in your faith? Your faith will be tested. You know why it will be tested? Because you need to know whether you've got it or not. And God will show you whether you've got it or not. So you'll go through trials, you'll go through tribulations, and you'll keep going through the same trial until such time you realize that you haven't got faith. You're not depending on God in certain areas, so He's going to bring you through things where you go, oh, oh, I've got to get on the law. Maybe I've done something wrong. God said, no, 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 no. Do you believe in me? Are you dependent on me? Or are you looking for outside things to come in and rescue you that aren't particularly God? And as long as we're looking for other things as the source of security and the source of, of our... Of, you know, our, of who we are and, and, and the, the source of, of what we are as a person. As long as we're pulling anything in that's not God, we are going to be in this weak and miserable existence that is not our purpose. It's not what God called us to. He called us to be free. Come on, you can give God a clap. I don't know, even if you don't understand what I'm talking about, just clap because it's all good. 
Oh, so how do we live free? How do we live then free? Okay, I need to close. I'm going to close with this scripture. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 to 26. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be good. You can read, I'm glad. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourselves, as yourself. If you bite, listen church, let's not bite each other. Paul said nothing. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. How easy is it in church life when we actually really get to know everyone? begin to devour, bite and devour each other. You know when you begin to realize that someone else in the church is like up to no good or doing something naughty or sinful and we have this information, you know. We have this stuff that if we tell someone, you know, it'll just feel good because it makes us feel good about our own sin and, you know, at least we're better than them and look at what they do and, you know, I'm so much better. And who knows, who's been to churches with our entire church the preacher finishes and then everybody just has everybody else for lunch. <laughs> My timer telling me, time to stop, time to stop. What a sad existence those churches must have. I will not allow that in this church. <laughs> love covers, love covers. You're struggling through sin? I hope, I hope that this place, and I hope that all the Christians here will be responsible to cover each other in love and to help people through their sin, not to squander their friends in order to make themselves feel better about themselves. It's okay. I won't stay there for long. But I, man, I just dislike that a lot in church life. And, you know, we all have a responsibility, even me as a pastor. We cover each other, right? We help each other through sin. We don't we don't uncover people, we cover. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. So, I say, here's, here's what I'm trying to preach about. Live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. How do we overcome this body, this sinful body that just wants to do its own thing? It's simple. Faith and the Spirit. You need to begin to walk in step with the Spirit. You need to begin, I mean, first thing you need to believe, second thing you need to get filled by the Holy Spirit and He begins to guide you. The Bible, Jesus said this, He said, I will write the law on your hearts. You'll know it. And all of a sudden, you'll have this conscience. You'll be like, I know this is wrong. And sometimes you'll be like, I know this is wrong, but I don't want to, I don't want to do what my own, I want to do my own stuff here. Now, it's not about, you know, the law or anything. It's just about what you want. You desire. This body is just a makeup of chemicals that, you know, serotonin gets released from this. I just want that, you know. And we march in the direction of, of, of our strongest desires and we, 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 actually, we actually sell ourselves short from what God has for us. Okay? So, so how do we overcome that? You've got to be in the Spirit. You've got to be praying. You've got to be... I mean, I, I, I pray in tongues. You know, when I'm, like, upset, when I'm 
feeling like I'm going to do something wrong. I just, that's what I do. I just start praying in tongues. I just start like, you know, I mean, if you can't pray in tongues, we can pray for you to get you prayed in uh, praying in tongues. But if you don't, you can just begin to say, Jesus, I need you right now. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I worship you. You can go and get your music, your iPod or whatever it is and, and put some worship on and start to sing along with those lyrics and declare it over your life. I am set free. I am made whole. I am a believer. I have faith in Christ. I will not. Okay? That's how you get in the Spirit. You get in the Spirit. And the more you do that, the less you'll find yourself in a place where you need to gratify the desires of your flesh. Okay? For if for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, okay? So this gives you an idea of when you're not in the Spirit. Okay? It'll be contrary, right? And the Spirit, what is contrary to the flesh, they are in conflict with each other. So that you are not, under, you are not to do whatever you want, even though you're free, don't think that you can do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the... Now, this is important. If you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law anymore. Why is that important? That is important because we are not trying to follow God by fulfilling the law because who knows that overcoming sin is a struggle. And it's difficult. And you can't do it alone. You need each other. Especially the bad ones. The really bad ones, you need each other. You won't do it alone. So you need to know you're covered and you also need to know that it is overcome by the Spirit and that you're not going to go and read the Bible yourself out of being a sinner. It is found in the Spirit, in a place of worship, in a place of in unison with Christ, in, in walking with Him. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness. Oh, it's okay, Ryan. <laughs> Orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before. They must have been kind of wild, those Galatians. <laughs> I warn you, as I did before. That those who live like this will not, what's the word here? Inherit. So the desire, you have to understand something, the desires of your flesh will take you out of your inheritance. You've got to go into the spirit. Those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, everybody say but. but. The fruit of the spirit is what? Love, joy, peace. Forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And he, he adds in something really interesting I want you to see. Against such things there is no law. You know why there's no law? He's not talking about the law of the land. He's talking about the Mosaic law. Against these things, because these things are above the law. These are the things that we begin to walk in because they are part of our rightful inheritance in Christ. And they are not birthed by the law. They are birthed by the Spirit in your heart as you begin to walk with Him and in Him and with Him constantly. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. 
For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi. 